The heart and soul of archetypal somatics is through inner work. We enter soma and discover what's there, what's been hidden, and what wants to emerge right now so that it can be held by our conscious awareness. Join me for one-on-one coaching. You can also find other coaches on my website and let's journey together. Hi, I'm Melissa and you are listening to the Synchrosoma podcast. Learn about archetypal somatics a new modality for working deeply with symbol and soul through soma you can find a lot of info about courses and coaching with me in the show notes of each episode find me at synchrosoma at gmail.com and at synchrosoma.com now let's dive in I have this Hoya plant that has been blooming in my dome, which is kind of like a biodome. There's a lot of light. There's a lot of um, like light all day long because there's not really walls. So it's kind of like a greenhouse in a way. And the Hoya has these little drops of nectar all over it. It's sort of like a cluster flower. And then each flower has a drop of nectar and so being who I am I started tasting it and it's just pure delightful sweet nectar like you'd get from a honeysuckle or something and um, I've thought a lot about that because that's just my personality is to eat things that maybe in a normal setting you'd think well you don't know if that barrier bush is okay but I tend to kind of I've just been this way my whole, my whole life I grew up in Southern California and there were berries and fruits all over the place and honeysuckles and things all over the place and we just you know sweet sour grass you guys know about that stuff like we just ate it and and I had a imagination where the world I was in was a lot more wild was a lot more wilderness. It happened to be a time, 70s and 80s in cities in California, there was an incredible amount of development going on. Like things were raised, apartment buildings were taken down and there were dirt lots everywhere that turned into these playground and jungles, pretty dangerous. But back then nobody was concerned about danger and kids we just played we um we did a lot of you know generation x we we didn't have helmets we we did stuff like held on to cars while we were on our roller skates or skateboards you know it was just a different time where much more wild even though we were in an urban we were sort of wild urbanites and so i've been thinking a lot about that that I naturally, I grew up in, I grew up in a wilderness besides the fact that people don't think about this when they think of LA, but it's an incredible wilderness. We have the, the largest wildlands right next to Los Angeles that are in the entire West coast of the United States. 
that's the CESPI and the um, Los Padres National Forest. And we have bears and coyotes and all that kind of stuff. And, and of course, now I live in, I live nestled up against 40,000 acres of wilderness and bear scat and coyote and all the, all the things. So I guess I'm pretty California. This is my environment. This is the way I live. I like it like this. I spend different, I've spent different times in more urban environments. I always get a little antsy to get back to the wilderness, but I loved being in Tokyo. I love, I love intense city experiences too. Um, I think humans are meant to migrate. We're not meant to stay in one place. That's why things like unimaginable heat are problematic when we have things like a house that's made out of cement. We can't just, you know, pack it up and move immediately. Um, so we've gotten a little far away from our instinct and our nature. And this is a huge part of what I teach and purport is reconnection with wild self, reconnection with nature, you know, there's a couple of things that I talk about. I say, if you've got problems, quit doing drugs and drinking and get a job. You do those two things. You might be um, suffering a little bit from like not making a lot of money or something like that, but you're going to have yourself occupied a lot. So your mind will be off of your issues and you'll be contributing and being a contributor to, contributor to reality is very important psycho-spiritually. We got to do that. The other thing is to make sure you're in nature. So as I was saying, growing up in Southern California, I was blocks away from the beach where I was raised. And so we spent a lot of time. And as a teenager, you know, teenagers are out at night and in the middle of the night, um, at least they were then. And so we spent a lot of time at the beach in the middle of the night too. And so I spent a lot of my childhood essentially in nature. And even though you wouldn't think that growing up in Southern California or in Los Angeles um, basin, I did. I, it was a lot of nature and dirt lots and eating plants that are semi-wild. <laughs> and so I still do that now. I When I walk around in the... Um, world. If I see something edible, I tend to put it in my mouth, um, or taste, I taste a lot of things and that's a natural human trait. Now, if that makes you squeamish, the idea of eating something in nature or picking something off a tree and tasting it, you know, there's, there's good reason to be careful about the things you try, but your taste buds will tell you if something's bad because it will be, usually it'll taste bad. Now, I don't suggest that you, you know, definitely learn about plants. I'm not suggesting you just go eat all kinds of wild things, but, but having a instinct for how to be in the wild, what to do in the wild, um, spatial awareness, how to be in the world is something that I think we are starting to miss with the digital techn technological reality we've been in. I've seen people 
not using common sense, like being confused about reality and not knowing how to solve really basic things. Like I don't have a bag. Well, you've got a jacket, put it all in your jacket, tie a knot in it. And now you've got a bag, you know, stuff like that. Like you see kids when they grow up in nature, they get very resourceful. They know how to work with things. They know how to carry things. They know how to figure things out. And, and if you've forgotten how to figure things out, the, the way to get back to that is to go into nature. So that's a big thing that I wanted to really talk about today was connection to nature. This is a, a cure for a lot of what's happening. And, um, speaking of cure, if you want to grab my, uh, newsletter, my recent newsletter, I will have it in the show notes. I've got a sub stack called the sync S Y N C H. And my newsletter will be on there. All these episodes are on there. So you can always get that. Um, but, but getting the cure from you, you don't need to have a bunch of books and a bunch of diagnoses and a bunch of stuff like that. It is possible to go into nature and get a lot of data and a lot of cure. So that's number, number, I would say number three, have a job, stop doing drugs and alcohol and, and go into nature. Those three things are very, very, very curative. And so let's just say that you've got a lot of problems. Maybe you have, maybe you have illnesses, maybe you have psychospiritual illness, maybe you have psychological illness, maybe you have physical illness, um, and there's a lot of talk about in the blue zones and, you know, light therapy, like making sure you're getting sunlight, sun on your skin, making sure you're getting good sleep. These are all the kinds of things that happen when you spend time in nature. So if you can, I mean, if you really want to get some cure going in your life, go camping, walk away from the technology, spend a couple days or longer in nature camping and your body clock will reset, your sleep will get better. Um, hopefully you don't bring a bunch of weird camp food with you and you bring actual food with you, um, it, when you go camping, but that kind of thing, uh, you know what I mean? Like not a bunch of dried, strange space food, but you bring actual food with you to go camping. Um, or make sure you spend the day going on a hike turn your phone off. You can always turn it back on if you need it. Um, you know, to get rid of the technology, you don't need to take a bunch of photographs of things, really commune with nature, sit down in nature, sit for a good long chunk of time. And, uh, there's a lot of people for some reason, I don't know why these things happen. Like either forest bathing is the big thing or, or staring at water right now, staring at water is the big thing. Like go find yourself a body of water and stare at it. Very curative. It's, these are human things. These are things that humans are used to doing for millions of years. And so well, I don't know how many years, but you know, a lot of years. Um, and so it helps our body to get back into resonance with the earth, back into resonance with the timeline that we're in, with our reality. 
Um, we drop out of thinking, even a lot of the serotonin, dopamine, endorphin stuff can kind of get reset. So there's a lot of things that can happen when we get away from the weirdness of living in such tight quarters with technology. And, and so that's, that's the main thing I really wanted to get into today is to make a, a suggestion to be more communing with nature. And of course, there's a lot of other stuff that goes with that. If you've got time away from technology, you might have more of an ability to do your inner work. You're setting up some sacred space. Now you can think about this throughout the week. I think a lot of people just think about their work life or, you know, the hours they spend in the day, either working or uh, cooking dinner, whatever the things, the other things they have to do. Um, Schedule in time for your inner work and for communing with nature. This is important. It's, it's just as, and schedule in the five minutes a day that you're going to go out and sit in the sun in, you know, before noon or the time you're going to go out and be barefoot in the dirt, you know, just schedule it in. You're going to spend the time brushing your teeth in the morning after you've had breakfast, and then you're going to spend five minutes with your feet on the earth, you know, stuff like that. And if you can think of it like that, um, it won't take very long, a few days, and you'll kind of remember what life was like before technology and before this sort of scattered and disconnected. Now, if you get back into the blue zone ideas, uh, the other thing, the other cures are to get back into your community stuff, get back into your um, in-person physical connection and communing with each other and, um, you know, be in be in these group settings or in places where there's other humans, like walking on trails where you're going to walk past people, you're going to see people, you're going to be able to say hello to them. If you're, uh, so not just in a store is what I'm saying, go to a park, go to an event that's for fun, you know, not just going shopping where you're going to be around people, but be in the world with other human beings and which are by the way the layer of nature that we sometimes forget about the animals are also part of nature and we are animals thank you for listening to the synchrosoma podcast I'm Melissa Meter, and you can find me here each week with another journey into the known, the unknown, and the worlds in between. If you'd like to get in touch and find out more about what I do, coaching and courses, contact me at synchrosoma at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram at synchrosoma. See you next time. Organically Grown on Podcast Farm.